everyone. Welcome back to Let's Talk Physical Media. My name is John. And I'm Faith. Faith's back this week. She's finally come back to join the family. She wanted to come see you guys after taking a week off. And if you guys are new to the show, this is the show where every single week we meet here and we talk all things physical media, all things physical media adjacent, and just shoot the crap for about an hour, anything we want to talk about. We answer some of your questions and then we get on out of here. So we always like to start the week off with a little bit of news. And this week we had new Shout and Scream Factory announcements and the big one that I was really excited for was Natural Born Killers coming to 4K. You ever seen Natural Born Killers? Mm -mm. So Natural Born Killers was directed by Oliver Stone. It stars Woody Harrelson and Jennifer Jason Lee Or, oh no, I'm sorry, Juliette Lewis. And the script was written by Quentin Tarantino. So, oh, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of like this movie. It actually features Robert Downey Jr. and Tommy Lee Jones. You know, both given just very charismatic uh, performances, but it's really about Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis, and it's about our obsession with serial killers. That these two are serial. Oh well, it's like you know, I got an obsession with it. I know you love true crime. Fate's a big true crime podcast. Oh fan. yeah, not just serial killers, just in people like how people end up hurting somebody else. Well, that's what this movie you know. is exploring, and it's also exploring like the media attention that we, which you know, has gotten even greater to serial killers. How we just like. What's that word? Um, I, I don't want to. What's the word that we, we would call it? Not exploitation, but uh, ah, drawing a blank on what the word would be. Like we just, oh, we're giving them the negative attention that they want. Essentially, mm -hmm. you know, we really have this obsession with serial killer culture. And that's what this movie was exploring. But the movie itself is shot so weird. It's like a big acid trip. Mm -hmm. But it's like they're Bonnie and Clyde, but they're serial killers. You know, that's that's their thing, mm -hmm. really. And then Tommy Lee Jones plays the head of this prison. Robert Downey Jr. actually plays somebody who works for a news station. It's a really good movie. It's just a very strange movie. It's just a great movie. I'm really excited for it to come to 4K. I didn't expect that one to get announced. And then, of course, you know what else got announced for 4K? What? My Bloody Valentine. Because I bought it in February. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that. Mm hmm That's always how things work for me. Of course, they just announced with a brand new 4K scan, so... What are you going to do? That's always how that goes. It's weird that it's coming out in September, though, because I feel like that's, you know, a Valentine's yeah. Day, really. So it's, what, there's not many movies that revolve around the Valentine's Day. But I guess it's Day. horror, so... Yeah. You know, they're gearing up for Halloween, so that means that we're about a month away from them announcing their October releases, which is usually the big-time announcements for Scream Factory, so I'm looking really forward to that. But yeah, that was a big one that got announced. Another 4K that got announced was... Uh, the Lost City of Z, which I've never, never seen. Never heard of it. Uh, I think Charlie Hunnam's in it from Sons of Anarchy. That's pretty exciting. Another movie I haven't seen, but I'm very interested in seeing, Night of the Comet. That's getting a 4K release from Scream Factory 2. Okay. So it says something about, like, it looks like it's dealing with uh, valley girls and zombies. Sounds interesting. Most likely, sir. <laughs> Maybe I'll check it out. Uh, let's see what else we got here. So that was the big announcements. Uh, My Demon Lover. That's getting a Blu-ray release. I've never seen that. Have you seen that? No. You er know I haven't seen that. Erwin Allen, Master of Disaster Collection. No. no. Never seen that either. The Pack. Uh, this is from writer-director Robert Claus. Interesting cover, but again, that's like something that's not really up my alley. Same thing with Lost Souls. Haven't seen... What's Love Got to Do With It? How many movies have the name What's Love Got to Do With It? What's Love Got to Do... And I love that movie. I don't think it's the one you're thinking of. What's Love Got to Do... Yes, it is. This movie right here? Oh, no, it's not. Told you. 
It's not the movie I'm thinking about. You're not thinking of the... What's the Tina Turner movie with her and Lawrence Fishburne? What's that movie called? What's Love Got to Do? That's What's Love Got to Do, right? Okay, so look how many movies have that name. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy to me, but, I mean, come on. The best one's always going to be the one from 1992 with Lawrence Fishburne and uh, Angela Bassett. I actually saw an article this week about what Angela Bassett was doing, because when we watched it, like, a month ago, we were noticing, like, she was ripped. Mm Mm-hmm. And... She's still ripped. Uh, she is, but she's older now. But she was doing that to look like Tina Turner because Tina Turner herself, very jacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's always looked very good, uh, you know, other than the wigs. She's always looked really good. But You don't like the wigs? It's just it always looks like... You didn't like them? It looks like she's literally wearing an animal on her head half the time. It's just <laughs> like a, it was like a mullet yeah, it, haircut. It was I, like a weird wig. It, it wasn't like a normal wig. It's very 80s, and that's pretty much like, you know, the look, I guess, that she was going for. That's mm-hmm. when she, that's in her career had that second resurgence with the rock music, you know? She became basically one of the biggest rock stars at the time. Mm. But the movie is dealing with her and Ike Turner. Lawrence Fishburne plays Ike. And that was another thing I read in the article was Lawrence Fishburne, you know, with the assault scenes and stuff like that. He stuck up for Angela Bassett saying, like, we're only going to do two takes to this because she doesn't feel comfortable. She was a young actress. She didn't feel comfortable talking to the director while Lawrence Fishburne had already been an established actor. Mm -hmm. So he had more comfortability saying what he needed to say to the director to make sure they got the shots that they need. Mm. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was a nice little story. I love Lawrence Fishburne. I think he's the most underrated actor of all time, in my opinion. The guy just, he knows how to fucking act. Yeah, so there really, other than the Scream Factory releases, there wasn't much news. Uh, the Criterion sale is still going on, so make sure you're getting your Criterion Blu-rays and 4Ks now while they're 50% off well, at Barnes & Noble. Well, tell them about what happened with you. Oh, with Barnes & Noble, uh, with Criterion? Yeah, I pre-ordered stuff from Criterion, but they don't adjust. Some places like Amazon will always, if you pre-order something, they will always eventually price match it and then they will refund you the money. No matter what the, so whatever the time is from a pre-order to the time you buy it, they will always price match it and always give you the lowest price possible. Though I pre-ordered both After Hours and One False Move to come out this month, the prices were about 35 bucks brand new. Meanwhile, you can get them at the 50% off sale for about 25 bucks. So it's a pretty much a steal at that price. Mm. And then Amazon also, if, like say it's sold out on Bards and Noble, they price match too for the same exact price. So again, you know, it's just worth it to buy from them. I do like to buy from Criterion directly, but if they're not, you know, with the prices like that, anything for July right now, to have that price be that low for just pre-orders and especially just having their whole collection be 50% off right now, is definitely a steal, and I really think that I can recommend highly you get most of the Criterion Collection. Now, obviously, it's not for everybody. You don't really love the Criterion Collection stuff that much, right? No, I just buy it for you for like Christmas and You stuff actually like that. bought me my first Criterion Blu-ray. Yeah. Do you remember what it was? No. No? It was probably a long time ago. It was 1992's The Player. Oh, yes, I remember buying that for you. Mm-hmm. That was my first trip down Criterion well, Lane. Well, he does in Christmas. He just sends me all the movies he wants, and I just pick the ones that I think he might want the most. Mostly it's the most expensive ones. Cause he I save up want, my most expensive ones. He doesn't for, want me buy. He doesn't want, uh, you know. Throughout the year, no. That's, I usually send you He doesn't want to buy them himself. Criterion, you know, they're always very expensive. So to get a steal at 50% off is a great deal. Then, you know, obviously around Christmas they don't have the sale, so... You have to buy it at full this price. Year, no movies. No movies because we're going on the Jay and Silent Bob cruise in February, so 
that's our Christmas gift to each other. Going to Bahamas. We're going to the Bahamas and we're going to spend three days with Jay and Silent Bob and <laughs> uh, Jason Lee, which I'm really excited because I'm a big Jason Lee fan. Even the stuff he did with Cameron Crowe was great. Yeah, uh, they're going to have um, live podcasts. Soul Asylum. So if anyone's a big fan of Runaway Train, that's going to be playing. Mm. I hope they have it on a loop. Run away train never. Oh baby, they're gonna eat you I got a song to sing for you. <laughs> yeah, we're big always sunny fans. Actually, me and Faith, Faith got this for me as a gift. Oh, I didn't yeah. even tell you guys yeah. yet. As a gift, uh we're big always sunny fans. That's like one of me and Faith, I think we overlap most on our sense of humor, so we have the same dumb sense of humor. <laughs> so we're big fans of like you know, I think you should leave now. Always Sunny. Pretty much anything that the Wayans ever put out. Chappelle's show. But Always Sunny is probably, like, the thing that keeps our relationship going. <laughs> so Seriously. <laughs> if Rob McHoney, uh sees this. Yeah. Hi, Rob. Tell him. Yeah, tell him. <laughs> He's basically saved our marriage on more than one occasion. <laughs> but anyway, so they're coming to New York. The Radio City Music Hall. The famous Radio City Music Hall. And Faith got us tickets. And it's a sh two sold out show. Yeah, the 12th like, and 13th of October. That's how big this show is. And it's crazy because Always Sunny for the longest time was not a popular no. show. Honestly, it didn't it, it didn't get popular until it came to Netflix. Mm -hmm. Because I think... Netflix. Netflix. No, first it came to that. That's the first time we watched it. Oh, really? It. Yeah, it was I thought it was Netflix. always on Hulu. Nope. I don't think Hulu even existed when it first came to Netflix. It was because we started watching the fifth season, when it, and I think that's the first season was on Netflix, and then we caught up. And then we've been watching every new episode as they come out. Speaking of which, if you guys saw last week's episode, they landed Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, and they keep referring to Brian Cranston as Malcolm's dad from Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> And they think Aaron Paul's Malcolm. <laughs> Why did Malcolm's dad do that? Like, they kept they calling him that. They don't even call him Brian Cranston. They call him Malcolm's dad. They, they have, and it's so funny because... I have to tell you something, too. Um, Breaking Bad is probably the best show me ever made. It's, I think it's the best and show ever And for the fact that they don't even acknowledge that Breaking exists. Bad exists <laughs> is hilarious. Well, Malcolm in the Middle is a great show, too. I love Malcolm in the Middle. What's your favorite episode? Of Always Sunny? It, it, it's still probably Max the Serial Killer. You gotta face this head on! I'm gonna get you off this. Don't be afraid to show me your ugly side. That. Max is serial. <sighs> There's a bunch of severed heads. <laughs> Not so young and attractive, is she? <laughs> I have grown to love the um, the gang wins an award. Oh, that's really up because it's so meta. It's so meta, and yeah. it's just like it's us. Yeah, I guess it's us. I guess it's us. <laughs> After all that, I guess it's us. You're spitting. Yeah. Winning. <laughs> All right, and they just go along. Oh, and speaking of the recent episode with Michael, with uh, Mac wearing the uh, Michael Jordan outfit, the guy at work brought that up to me too. He said he thought that was hilarious. Oh my uh, god! I when I saw him, like, you know what? He doesn't look bad in that outfit. And though. the way he refers to it, do you like ill-fitted, uh, ill-fitting suits? <laughs> <laughs> and the earring. Yeah, yeah the, the gold ear the, loop earring. Yeah. Which I gotta be honest, I would kill to pull that look off. I don't think He I, did. He took that he shirt did. in. I'm not talking about he him, did. but I'm uh, talking about me. Say. You think I could pull it off? No. I'm pretty sexy. Yeah, you are, but not that. Not that sexy? Not not for that suit. Oh, okay. Well, that You're hurts. You're a t-shirt kind of guy. I've always been a t-shirt, sweatpants, sweat, uh, you know, shorts kind of guy. Really, t-shirt and shorts is my signature look. I'm everything. 
Yeah, you pull any look off. Well, you know, you got lucky. You were Ooh. given the gift. I wasn't. <laughs> I gotta make the best of what I got, which isn't much. <laughs> what is the gift? I mean, you know, you're you're attractive. You can get tans. <laughs> I can't even go. You can get tans. The sun literally tries to assassinate me every time I'm uh, outside. All right, let's get to the questions. One another thing that we need to talk about this week, as far as reviews go, I'll be reviewing After Hours, but on Tuesday. We are going to have our review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning oh, yeah. Part 1 out. And I just finished watching all of the Mission Impossible movies on rewatch. And man, what a franchise. Mm. It really just... I, I fell asleep on the last one. Oh, uh, you didn't finish Fallout? Fallout's great. Uh, it's the, probably the second best one. The 4K, though, was probably one of the weaker ones, which I found very strange. But they shot that movie so flat it, it i don't understand why but the colors are going it's just very noticeable i didn't notice it until i watched it after rogue nation and ghost protocol that it was actually kind of a quality dip as far as visuals go but i think it was mostly cinematography choices okay so just to you know I, the one thing i love about the mission impossible is it, the unrealistic idea that those masks really make you look like that person because when they're putting on it's all loose no, the best is in Mission Impossible 3 when he's putting on Philip Seymour Hoffman's mask. <laughs> and it looks like this like piece of rubber, and then eventually it somehow looks like Philip Seymour Hoffman's face. At least they showed how they get the voices. Yeah. You know, they make him read a certain card, hit the pitches, so that yeah. they're able to mimic it that way. But I'm like, he's putting on, I'm like, eventually you're going to end up looking like that? I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that throws you for a loop for sure. But, hey, I mean, that's what the Mission Impossible movies are based on. And, and essentially, in Fallout, I love what they do, tricking the one guy into basically confessing. Confessing, yeah. This, been, they just, this whole elaborate plan to get him to... Because they knew. They knew, and he was just... That, that's what most terrorists are. They're just egotistical maniacs that feel like they got one over. Mm -hmm. So I really did appreciate that Mission, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. But I guess we can dive into the questions now. We only got three of them. All three of them were from Kevin L., but there's a lot of stuff in these questions that we can uh, jump off of. One thing I didn't talk about last week, I skipped it in the questions, was he asked us about Magnolia, which is Paul Thomas Anderson's movie, okay. starring Tom Cruise from 1999. It's Paul Thomas Anderson's third film. Tom Cruise that year did that and Eyes Wide Shut. I think this is why he really stopped doing like dramatic performances, because after this, he really did Vanilla Sky, Minority Report, and that was it as far as dramas go. But... I, you know, he should have probably got an Academy Award nomination for one of those two performances because he is great in Magnolia. He's, you know, he plays this uh, this guy who's basically just talking about men being men. Like, he does uh, those hype videos or uh, what do they call those? Like, those self-improvement videos? Like, just getting... Oh, kind of like, what's his name? Um, Andrew Tate? Uh, maybe. Like, one of those guys? Uh, he's a, he's an asshole. Yeah, but, like, basically, he... This was in so, the that's, so he's, he was an asshole. He was. And then okay. his father... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's an asshole who has to learn his lesson. So basically, his father's dying, and him and his father... Basically, it's the movie he's just sitting there talking to his dad. It's, you know, there's a bunch of different elements to this movie, though. There's so many different plots that kind of have this, like, through line through it. But really, it's a bunch of different people. Like, John C. Riley's great in this movie, too. And then it ends with frogs raining down. So out of context, that probably makes no sense to you, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. weird ending. I actually like Magnolia, but it's probably one of my least favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movies. It's a little too long. You know, I get what he was going for. He threw everything at the kitchen, at, but the kitchen sink at the wall. So, <laughs> gave it a try, but Tom Cruise is fantastic in that movie. So, I forgot about that from last week. Thought I'd bring that up now, though. 
Did you guys miss me last week? We did. We did. We talked about <laughs> it in the comments. A bunch of people missed you. Oh. Yeah, they were like, oh, where's the short lady that's always sitting next to you? And I had to explain to them. <laughs> the short lady. Yeah. Because how... you're so tall. Next to you, I look six foot yeah. five. <laughs> Little do they know out there that I'm five foot five and you're four foot eight. Five foot five. And three quarters. Okay. My license is 5'6". They fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Mine says 5 foot. Yeah, but you lied. I you didn't were... lie. That's what I am. You never hit 60 inches. Who are you kidding me? You're a hater. All right. Let's dive into these questions. Our first question from Kevin L. is, what are your top three and bottom three found footage movies? You know what found footage movies? No. So Blair Witch, you know, anything that's like kind of like shot on like handheld cameras where they're basically just following a group of people, doesn't feel set up. You know, you got movies like Wreck, which are short for Record. Uh, the Blair Witch Project is the most famous. Uh, paranormal Activities are all found footage horror movies. You know, okay. they're all so shot. So Paranormal Activities, obviously, because I like those. I would put Paranormal Activity 2 and 3 up there. Uh, the Blair Witch Project, actually, I found to be very disappointing. But yeah, I don't like the movie. I, but we, we, I think we missed the window. Like, if we would have been around, like, we were around, but we weren't aware of how people basically thought that really happened mm. that was the huge thing in 1999 was that this happened they got it on film and like nobody realized they were actors until many years later and they acted this whole thing out mm. but that that one's eh, i don't know other than the ending i just found that movie i guess knowing that it's a setup it, and it's it, only horror no i mean it's because like so movie wise i don't really there's like those new ones that are taking place uh like missing they're taking place, it looks like it's camera angles I from, like, you, the computer. Would you count that as, uh... Like a, found footage? I yeah. mean, I guess that kind of is, That right? is a found footage, yeah. Missing was really good. Oh, here's one that I would definitely count. Both these would probably be my top three. District 9. That's kind of definitely... I never saw it. Oh, I have it on 4K over there. Good 4K, too. That movie was a big deal when that came out. That's basically dealing with, um, I believe it was either, it was somewhere in Africa. Uh, basically, it's just dealing with how we, you know, class differences. Mm -hmm. But it's aliens. We, you know, we aliens come to this planet and we put them in like these just shitty houses and shitty areas mm. and then treat them terrible. You know, where have you heard this before? Mm. And then the guy ends up getting the goo on him and then he's starting to turn into one of them himself. Okay. But it's all done on found footage, so that would definitely be up there. And then another no, one... Or are mockumentaries like I was thinking and pretty much yeah those are I guess kind of found footage they're not on this list that I'm looking at but I don't know if I would say that here's it's more a, like shows that I would be in Cloverfield was a big one yeah again like I, I go for more of like sh TV shows yeah. Albert Elementary um, Parks and Recs those are Parks and Recs those are mockumentaries yeah but I don't so. know if you would count that as found footage. Uh, End of Watch would be in my top three also. Okay. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal when they're following these two cops around each day. I believe that was the same guy who, went, who ended up directing the original Suicide Squad movie. I could be wrong on that, though. But that movie is fantastic. But bottom three, I mean, there's a lot. I really don't like the first Paranormal Activity, even though I like two and three. The first one is just slow. Uh, I also don't like Cloverfield. So I know a lot of people love Cloverfield. I prefer, uh, I think it was 10 Cloverfield Lane, the sequel. But the first one, I don't like it when you can't see anything and the camera is just too shaky and it just starts to like, it looks all blurry and ugly. 
Yeah, you know, it's kind of like when Blair Witch when he's like so close and she's like crying. Well, that scene at least is good because it's still. It's just the yeah. amount like when they're looking at, down at the leaves and they're running. Oh, they're running and it's just shaking. It's just shaking. But I'm like, like you're supposed to think like this is fucking happening. Right yeah, now. and I guess it, you have to be invested in the story to completely get that. But I, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I saw it too late because I didn't catch up to that movie until I was in middle school, like 2005. So... Mm uh or four i don't remember either way i was in middle school and i remember watching it and i was like man this movie is boring as shit <laughs> maybe i need to revisit it but i think being in on the joke now it just won't work as much mm. so i think that's our top three and bottom three found footage films i need to see rec or rec or record or whatever you want to call it. i heard that one's great as well uh definitely one day i'll check that one out it sounds interesting and now these are these are the fun questions how would you rank the following performances Jack Nicholson in The Shining, Al Pacino in The Godfather Part 2, Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver, Dadzel Washington in Malcolm X, Anthony Hopkins in The Silence of the Lambs, Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood, and Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Okay, so for me, would be Denzel. That's Mal your number one? Malcolm X, number one. So I would probably also put Denzel Malcolm X at number one as Malcolm well. Malcolm X? Malcolm X. Okay. So, he would probably be my number one also on this list. And then the number two would be Joe Pesci. That's your number two? Goodfellas. Yeah, I will freaking absolutely love him in that movie. Oh, he is hysterical in that movie, but he's also scary as hell. He's so Yeah, but that's his performance. He's supposed to be scary. Oh, yeah, no, he's perfect. Because it's a great performance. Oh, yeah, that's, so that's your number two. My number two would be Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Okay, that's my number three would be... Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Mm, my number three is going to be Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood. Abandoned my child! I've abandoned my child! That movie is fantastic. Okay. Have you ever seen that? Mm, there Will Be Blood, no. No? Uh, so I can't really rate any of that. Yeah, that came out in 2007, the same year as No Country for Old Men. Man, mm. that's a great movie. Well, then I would go with... Um, Al Pacino, Godfather 2. I think uh, that would probably be my number four. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll put that at number four. Because that is one of the greatest performances ever, is him as Michael Corleone in the first two Godfather then, movies. Then I would do Anthony Hopkins, Silence of the Lamb, because I think that's what I've seen. You haven't put uh, De Niro in Taxi Driver. I've never seen Taxi Ooh, Driver. I have the 4K up there. You should see Taxi Driver because I would put that before Daniel, uh, before I put Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Well, he's amazing in Silence of the He Lambs. is. But you're not more than one generation from poor white trash, are you, Agent Starling? Yes, but do you know how much screen time he has in that movie? Yeah, but it's not about the time it's his performance oh his on. performance is perfect but in taxi that's, driver that's what i'm saying taxi driver is literally watching a man dealing with his like mental instability everything that he's dealing with coming out of the war like the whole movie is just watching mm, okay. robert de niro's uh travis bickle and everything he has to deal with in the world okay. and how he takes it like the kind of person he is that movie's very messed up you really got to see that movie it features a very okay. young <laughs> It's Taxi Driver, directed by Martin Scorsese. Okay. It's one of the best. It, it's probably in my top five Scorsese's. I don't know. I got to think about that because obviously, Goodfellas would be number one for me. Uh, where, how do you? What's your favorite Scorsese? Is it Goodfellas? Or probably it, Goodfellas. I know you're a big Wolf of Wall Street person. Yeah, that would probably be number two. Yeah, and then Casino is a great one. Cape Fear. 
I love Cape Fear. Raging Bulls, it's good, but it's a tough rewatch. Same thing with Mean Streets. Mm. You know, he's got a lot in there. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, once we get in the 2000s, The Departed is a classic as well. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love The Departed. I love that movie, too. Yeah. The Departed was uh, the first time. I always kind of associate it, though, with the death of my dog, Ranger. Because uh. he died, and the same day, um, my mom, like, basically told me and my stepdad at the time, like, oh, I had to take our minds off and go see The Departed. And that's what we did. But, you know, it was still sad. Yeah. You know? Aww. That's all right. Rest in peace, Ranger. Yeah. He lived a good life. He lived a good life. He lived a good life. Good pup. Like our pups out here? Our pups live a great life. (laughs) They're spoiled rotten. Oh, yes, they are. They're over here waiting for us to be done. Yeah. They miss us already. (laughs) Even though they can literally see us. We'll be gone for five minutes and the tails won't stop. Saw a meme that actually kind of was dealing with that. It's like... He's like, I was just gone for a moment, and it's like, for me, it was seven moments. Aww, <laughs> that's sad, because it is. Yeah, that time. Their life expectancy is terrible. I feel so bad for them. But, you know, that that's the thing. Dogs, better than humans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if, I ever get, if I ever hit it big, I'm opening up a, a, a big farm for dogs, so they can all... You'll be taken care of. I'll take care of them all. I don't care. I love them. They're the best animals yeah, you Yeah, okay. You say that now. All right, and now we're going to move on to my favorite question of the week and our last question of the week, and then we'll shoot the shit for a little bit more after because, I mean, we want to make sure we give you guys a good show. So anyway, what are your favorite scenes from the following movies? This is Kevin Elligan. Number one is Hook. Now, I was telling Faith this earlier in the week. I haven't seen Hook since I was a kid. Yeah, me either. So I don't really remember it too, too well. Uh, I do remember Dustin Hoffman all dressed up in that movie. I know that it's Robin Williams and... I know it's about, uh, what's it called, Peter Pan, if he grew up, forgetting about everything that happens in Neverland, and then finally returning. You know, he grows up to be, basically the movie is just dealing with what happens to all of us. You know, we all have that childhood that we all love. We think that the world is going to end up being this great, happy place, and then we're all just somehow surprised when it's not, and we all end up in that same exact place. And that's basically what the movie is dealing with. Like, when you forget your childhood, and now you have your own kids, and you're dealing with, well, now they're looking at their father be this miserable prick but you know he ends up rediscovering his childhood and that's basically what the movie is about mm-hmm. i know it features uh what's her name as tinkerbell not tinkerbell what's the name of the uh is it tinkerbell the little fairy tinkerbell it is tinkerbell right yeah all right i don't know i was trying to remember and it was played by wow how i drew a blank on this one julia roberts yeah i julia, was gonna say yeah. i was gonna save you but <clears throat> <laughs> now I knew it would click. I'm thinking Pretty Woman. I'm like, okay, it's right around that same time where Julie, uh, wow. How am I fucking doing this? What's going on? Is your brain not working? I don't right? know. I think it broke. <laughs> <laughs> Julia Roberts. <laughs> you know, oh, right around gosh, the same this time. this is bad. <laughs> she was so, I mean, literally one of the most famous actresses ever. That was probably because, like, I remember the Runaway Jerry trailers. Just, like, it's burned in my mind. And I don't think I ever even saw that movie with her and Richard Gere. Mm. Which is kind of like a spiritual sequel to, uh, you know, Pretty Woman. I don't mm. know, though. But I never saw it. I just remember the trailer very, very, very vividly. She's great, though. You love her in that movie, Magnolia. Mm-hmm. I like Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman, too. Not Magnolia. Uh, what's No, the- it's... Um, see, why are you doing this right now? This- <laughs> no, uh, Steel Magnolia. Steel Magnolia. Oh, that no, movie. Steel Magnolias. Magnolias? Yes. I thought it was Steel Magnolias. I thought it was Steel Magnolias. 
Maybe you might be right. That's one of the only movies Dolly Parton's great in that I movie. I love that. It was so Sally sad. Field. Oh, it's horrible. That, when she breaks down at the funeral at the end, Sally Field, like you feel her pain so mm-hmm. much. But her friends were there. Mm-hmm. That that movie is one of the saddest. It's up there as one of the saddest movies ever. Uh, it's not the saddest movie ever, though. That's either My Life or Terms of Endearment. Yeah, I know you love that. And and I don't know how Beaches is not in there. Beaches is very sad. And, you know, Barbara Hershey and what's not her name? Barbara Streisand. Bar- no, it's not Barbara Streisand and Beaches. Barbara oh, Hershey. Oh, not Barbara Hershey. Okay. You make, you're confusing it's me. It's Barbara Hershey and fucking um, the, the girl who sings the rose from... Wow, what's her name? We're losing it. Bette Midler. Bette Midler. Yeah. That's what it is. I'm thinking of a singer. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's why I got Barbara Streisand. And Faith, you are the wind beneath my wings. Oh. You know that? Yeah. Every room. Okay. Um, the next one. <laughs> next one is Click. Do you remember Click? Yeah. Adam's, uh, Adam Sandler. That's your boy. You yeah, I like. I love that movie. So do I. It gets a bad rap nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it actually was pretty emotional. Yeah. You know, I actually really love the concept of playing with time. So that movie was like right up my alley. And, you know, it ended up being very sad towards mm-hmm. the end. You know, Henry Winkler plays his dad and that look good. And a young Jonah Hill. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. Like, how did it end? How did it end? Basically, he got to go back to the day he bought the remote and just, you know, basically now he, had, now he valued his life now and every moment of it. You know, take, well, people, we need to, you know, everybody needs to see a movie like that because I feel like we all want to fast forward through the bad we stuff. We want to just get through it. But really, it's supposed to, the message of the movie is basically like you need the good with the bad because mm-hmm. that's learning the facts of life. So. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but <laughs> but the movie does have a great message, though, just to appreciate your time here because it is very limited and it could just be over, just like that. So even take the bad stuff with the good stuff. But my favorite scene in that movie? Oh, that's tough. I can't think of a favorite scene in that movie. It's probably I I love the stuff with the dog always humping the duck. That's always pretty mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> like if you want a good laugh. I like it when he comes back and he's super fat and he says something to his son about being fat. And he's like, "Who are you? Like, have you looked in a mirror?" And then when he ends up like having that, I guess the heart that was attack. a that was a weird movie to put on this list. It or compared to the other ones, well, Click's a good movie. It is, but like I don't ever think of Click. Really, you know, I, I would don't. probably put that pretty high up on my. Like Adam when Sandler. I think of Adam Sandler movies, I don't think. Well, of you that think movie. of the classics, yeah, obviously, that's what like it is. Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Wedding Singer, Big Daddy. Like that's all like the big with the water boy. But Click is probably in that second tier. It's no, it's way better than Pixels or Jack and Jill. Mm-hmm. But you know, and then you get his drama stuff like Uncut Gems. So yeah, I, I think those are my favorite scenes. Batman Returns, though, I have a lot I love about Batman Returns. Now, Batman Returns is not as good as 1989's Batman, but it's a good follow-up. Tim Burton really got to finally make the movie he wanted to make without really any studio interference, and then they absolutely hated it and brought in Joel Schumacher to do Forever and Batman and Robin because they wanted to sell toys. And you yeah, know what? Those you know who ones bought those trash toys? Too, those movies. Batman and Forever is not trash. Okay, that's the first Batman movie I ever saw. It's not a great movie, but I still enjoy Batman Forever. Okay. You know, it's still... I never did. You never enjoyed that? Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey? Really? No. Like, I get not liking Batman and Robin, but there's a lot of good in Wait, Batman. that one was with Mr. Freeze, right? That's Batman and Robin. Yeah. yeah. You know, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! That's Everybody, chill. <laughs> <laughs> He's just talking in ice puns the whole movie. At least you can appreciate that. 
<laughs> like somebody wrote those down and he went for it. And then he has a layer of oh my god, that's ridiculous. But anyway, Batman Returns. Uh, that's a classic movie, obviously still. But my favorite scene in that movie, I love the. I, I just love how sn the snow now on the streets of Gotham. And I think I like it in early in the movie when the clowns first attack the city right there in the Christmas speech. And you know you get the uh, guy who's uh, playing. Chris we have Bro to watch this because I don't remember it. You don't remember Batman Returns? I'll watch Batman Returns right now. I love Batman Returns. And then he's like. You also get actually Max Dad in there. He's the one who kidnaps the baby. He's like, I just want to say thanks. <laughs> but I love that first scene with the clowns attack. This is also right around the time, right before Michelle Pfeiffer turns into Catwoman. Oh, okay. I do remember that. Yeah, you remember okay. her? But, which, you know, very believable that if you get eaten by cats, you, you turn into a cat. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then it actually the movie plays around with the fact that she has nine lives. Like, <laughs> Danny DeVito as the penguin is perfect. He's my he's my favorite. Yeah, he's Danny so good DeVito. in that movie too. Cause come on, he looks like a penguin. He's perfect. That's perfect, perfect casting. Yeah, he's great in that movie. Yeah, I love Danny DeVito in that. I really have nothing bad to say about him in that. Um, on to the next one, I guess. If you okay. don't have a favorite scene, um, the Truman Show. We just watched this, and I'm sure we have the same favorite scene. What's yours? Uh, my favorite scene is the one scene that's like that gets a big laugh out of me when the wife is looking at the camera. It's like, <laughs> and she gets the cocoa, and he looks at the camera, and he looks at her. He's like, he's like, who are you talking to? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. They're getting in an argument, and she's like, drink this, blah blah yeah. blah, and she's like, he's like, who are you talking to? Like he can't figure and, it out. Like they're having a serious conversation about their relationship, and she's still playing this role. Yeah, and then she goes. Somebody help me. And she's, he's like, what did she just say? And she's like, nothing, nothing. And she has this like stupid smile on her face. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah, I can't believe it took him over 30 years to figure out. I mean, honestly, I didn't bring it up in the review, but me and you were talking about it in the Truman Show. Like everything went pretty smooth for 30 years. I guess they got, maybe they cut the budget back. <laughs> But they kept making mistake after mistake after mistake. Yeah, like the radio. It's like, yeah, come on. Light falling. He's pulling into this area. It's yeah. just like. And then you got the elevator, like when they're just sitting behind it, like eating the off script, yeah. off camera. And it's like, all this happened in such a short time. It's like, you guys just got sloppy. You got too comfortable. And now he's figuring it out. And you didn't know how to deal with it. You didn't know how to roll with the punches. Uh, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that one scene in that movie is just absolutely hysterical. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next up is Kick-Ass, and actually, I rewatched this for this exact question. So, my friend, uh, Vinny, showed me this movie, or he, like, really loved it, you know, remember Vinny, that? who we used to work with? Yeah. Oh, I love That's the reason why I watched it, because it was oh. like, oh, but I thought it was dumb. Like, I thought, okay, so, it's just, like, a bunch of, it's a, it's a lot of, thing, it's a lot of everything. It's it's all over the place. I felt like this. So movie. this movie is directed by Matthew Vaughn, who directed X Men: First Class, and you directed all the Kingsman movies. Which, if you watch this and watch the Kingsman movies, you can totally see that's the same guy mm -hmm. who made them. But this movie is dealing with first of all, it, it it's a total spoof slash satire of superhero movies mm -hmm. ahead of its time because it came out. In I just felt like it was all over the place. I loved it. I I absolutely love this movie. Honestly, Nicolas Cage is perfect in this movie. He's Big Daddy, uh, Kick Girl of. Um, 
that Kick Girl. Uh, Hit Girl is amazing. Obviously, the guy who plays Kick Tad. Kick ass is Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's rumored to be 007. Mm. So that guy, and also my God, he really aged into himself so well. What a good-looking man that guy turned out to be. Playing this nerdy kid in here who wants to be a superhero. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I love this movie. Nicholas Cage in this movie is perfect. He plays it so over the top. You get Mark Strong in here playing it so over the top. You get the guy who plays McLovin in here. He's also great. I mean, the movie is hysterical. It's gory. It's violent. Uh, it's literally a movie that I would love. This is yeah. the kind of movie, like, you know, almost like James Gunn-esque. It's the kind of movie I absolutely eat up. Uh, Kick-Ass 2, not directed by Matthew Vaughn, is eh. Yeah. You know, Jim Carrey's all right in it. But the first one, I think they caught lightning in a bottle. And I guess my favorite scene in the movie is probably towards the end, this right before. If you guys haven't seen it, it's a slight spoiler, but before Nicolas Cage's Big Daddy dies, then he's like yelling at the top of his lungs, just being ridiculous. You know, he's being burnt alive. But that entire shootout with the night vision goggles of Hit Girl going through, just doing like video game headshots, one in the chest, one in the head, just going person to person to person. Maybe I have to watch it again because I haven't seen it probably since it came out. Probably, because I know I never watched this with you. So, mm-hmm. and I think I might have watched it with Sarah. That's how long it been. Wow, yeah, she passed away years ago. But yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely love Kick-Ass. I watched it. It's funny because I started watching it on my phone at work because I wanted to rewatch it before this question. And then I came home last night after seeing the new Insidious movie and I finished it on my iPad. And I just, I couldn't look away. I had a shit-eating grin on my face the entire time. I I absolutely just, I love this movie. It really is. It's a movie that's just perfect for me. It feels a lot like the first Kingsman movie, which I also think is a perfect movie for me. Hmm. So he makes these satires, like, you know, obviously, and then he would have directed his own, which arguably is the best X-Men movie in first class. Oh, yeah. I love We love first class. I love X-Men. Oh, yeah. We do love the X-Men movies. Oh, you... You are not as big a fan. No, you're as I a way am. bigger expert. I just like the uh, uh, political aspect of it oh, yeah. too, and dealing with race issues, dealing with real life stuff. So mm-hmm. not just racist, I, a lot of it is political issues. Mm-hmm. No, they're dealing with a lot of issues wrapped. Up. I love how they kind of um, explain World War Two and the Nazis. Um, they put that in there a little bit with Magneto. I lo- well, so. yeah, that's the one he directed was with uh, Kevin Bacon in it, mm. which is great when he's like wonderbar <laughs> when he fucking yep. makes murders his mother right yeah. in front of him and he's all cool about it because it's like i got him to do it yeah i got him to move the metal yeah yeah you created fucking a monster you know <laughs> yeah good well at least he got his comeuppance um <laughs> uh, the next movie and our last movie is the grand budapest hotel which came out i believe in 2014 this was the only wes anderson movie ever to be nominated for best picture it's arguably his best film it's my second favorite of his have you ever seen it never saw it this stars uh ray fines in this movie and he is great uh i'm trying to think what my favorite scene in this movie is i actually get a real big laugh out of like it's in the trailer actually is when he they think that he's the one who ended up killing the person who did this painting and he's like, oh, and you think I, or he's like, oh, well, didn't do the painting, but was in possession of the painting and he inherited it. So it made it seem like he was the one who actually killed her. And he's like, oh, and you guys think I did it. And he just takes off running and mm-hmm. they're all like confused. Like, what is he doing? Mm-hmm. Because this movie is like the way Wes Anderson does movies. Everything feels like a set. 
it all looks clean and intentional. So when he goes to jail, that's wearing the black and white yeah. uniform, even the with stripes, the hat. Yeah, the with the hat. Yeah. <laughs> because he knows. It's like he knows what kind of movie he's making. He has what sudden, are we in, like the 1950s? Well, actually, I believe this does take place in the 1930s or something oh, like that. Okay. So it does make sense. Why they thought that was what they wanted to go for with prison uniforms, I'll never know. You know? Black and white with that hat on? Yeah, like, I don't understand. Now it's just an orange jumpsuit. Yeah, everyone gets their own nice, fancy orange jumpsuit, and that's it. But, like, back then, it's like, yeah, okay, you're going to get your striped pajamas, and that's all you're wearing. <laughs> your striped pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hopefully it was cozy. You think it was cozy? I wouldn't wear it, but, you It know. looks like wool a little bit, like... Whatever it is, it is. I don't know what it is, but... It, like, you know, though, not wool, but, like, you know what it was, like, burlap? Yes, it looks like a burlap sack. It yeah. does. Well, you know, I guess they felt, they view them as lower than society. Um, another great scene in this movie is actually just Willem Dafoe's character's death. And a little bit that Bill Murray pops up in here really just it makes me laugh. You know, Bill Murray pretty much pops up in every single one of Wes Anderson's movies from Rushmore on. Although he wasn't in The French Dispatch, and I believe that that's the role that Tom Hanks would end up playing. Because from what I understand, Bill Murray got covid People thought it was because Bill Murray is kind of like persona non grata now. Like he's kind of like semi-canceled. But mm. Wes Anderson said that um, you know, he considers Bill Murray family. He did. He got fired from a job, actually. Uh, the Azia Zaad, uh, the guy from uh, Parks and Rec's new movie. He did something inappropriate on set or something like that. I haven't, I haven't honestly dealt with... this is why I don't talk about that, because you don't know it. I don't know, so I, I just, I, you know, I glanced... Because I didn't know anything about it. I glanced at the article. I don't really know too much, you know. I try and not get too involved in that kind of stuff, because everything is very speculative, and then we just kind of... Not to get too far into the weeds on cancel culture, but, you know, we cancel people before we even know if it's true mm -hmm. or not. You know, in the court of public opinion will have you guilty before anybody else does. You know how that goes. Mm -hmm. So... But yeah, I guess you've never seen that one, so that is going to be the last one that we have on this questions. So that's actually going to be the end of the questions. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Any shows you're watching right now? Hmm. You want to recommend to the kids? Well, because uh, in honor of the Bob Marley movie that's coming out next year, I've been really getting in tune with it because I, I do like Bob Marley and, you know, interested in his life and the way he and his beliefs and the way he viewed the world and so i watched um it's called uh they shot the sheriff i think it's on netflix yesterday it was really good uh i disliked the way they talked about bob and how he you know he didn't want to get involved in politics he just wanted to help people and it, in in jamaica at the time prior to him getting shot he was in the middle but he just wanted to help people. He was giving out food to people, medicine to people. Um, but they wanted him to pick a side. And it wasn't the side. They, you know, if it wasn't this p person coming at him, it would have been this person coming at him. So either way, um, somebody would have hurt him or tried to hurt him because he wasn't picking a side. He just believed in peace. And I really admire that about him. I mean, our world is just separate. You have to pick a group to be a part of when really we're all human beings and we should mm -hmm. all care about each other. Unfortunately, the world is not set up for that because of uh, divide and conquer, you know? Mm -hmm. That's always the best way to go. They want to go about that, you know? That's mm -hmm. how they want us. And I saw the day before, I saw... Um, Shatas. I have I haven't seen that since I was really young, so I didn't really remember it as much. Um, and I, I shouldn't have been watching it. That you know, 
Not really young, but I it it, it was before my time. I oh, our parents it. did not care about. So what we were watching I mean, it was kids. like high school, but maybe like ninth grade it came out. If that. That's not that bad. No, but like if that, maybe eighth grade, seventh grade. But I don't haven't seen it since then. That's what I'm what I'm saying. I saw Don't Be a Menace in South Central while drinking your juice in the hood when I was seven years old. Yeah, but then like you then you go back to watch and you don't remember. Oh, this was well. Yeah, why you did, don't get all the jokes. As you don't exactly. But the thing exactly. with like a lot of the Wayne's brothers stuff is they do a lot of slapstick mm -hmm. so like anyone any age can get into that kind of stuff mm -hmm. you know the juvenile humor like they're like that's the kind of stuff you can get into like without actually like dumb and dumber is another one i saw it way too young still loved it but as i got older i got to get, get the smart the adult, jokes, the adult you know? jokes yeah. the things they slip in there for you to understand you know whether it would be a certain line delivery or something like that mm -hmm. so that's really what i've been watching the last few days i really haven't had time to go crazy in depth with uh different things i was just focusing on that shatas is really great it has um bar Mali's son and one of his sons in there and then shega benz which is a reggae artist and it's about um two guys who grew up together in uh jamaica uh kingston jamaica to be exact and it was very bad um so these kids knew where a gun was Mm. And saw this man, a delivery man. Um, he, the delivery man, was counting his money, and he's. They were like, okay, that guy has money. So next time we see him, I'm gonna grab, get the gun. I know where the gun is, and they're kids, probably ten, um, and we're gonna shoot him and take the money because I'm, they were poor. They, yeah. If you saw one of the little kids, he had this like ripped holy shirt on with like old, like looked dirty. Just like you can tell that they they were poor. And um, so they killed the guy, and one of them, his parent, his mom was the Bar Mali son, the guy that plays Bar, uh, who was in there as playing this character. His mom lived in Miami, so he got a visa. He paid for a visa to get to Miami, and um, it was 20 years since he returned back to Jamaica, and that's when everything started to the plot of the movie starts. Ah, so I'm gonna have to check this one out, but you pretty, did say it's, it's hard to understand it, now. It's, it's in Patois, a lot of it's in Patois. Bar Mali's son has a very like, American, I, I think he did grow up in Miami because Bar Mali lived in Miami. So he has an American, he, he talks like a very Miami accent. But when he's with his brethren, as they call him, they you know, as they call them, they um, they speak in Patois, so a lot of the movie is in Patois, which is English, but it's broken down English, so you'll catch a few words, mm. but if without caption, you might miss some things. Yeah, which you can always put closed captioning on with that. I remember I watched Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and I was like, whoa, I can't understand these guys' accent. I had to put a... Uh, Where were they from? Uh, somewhere in Europe. Uh, it's a Guy Ritchie's first movie before he did. Uh, so what do they? What's the name of the accent that they use in the movie Snatch? That Brad Pitt's talking in. And it's hard to understand. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but like that language, it's very hard. It's the same thing. It's a. It's English, but it's like a very broken English. Well, they was this. They Irish or the Scottish? They're British. Oh, okay. So, um, in Lancaster, I think like or above like northern um england mm -hmm. and closer to like scotland they have this very 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 deep accent 
where you can't understand anything. But I wonder if that was this language. I think I, it's, I, it's I English. It. They're speaking English, yeah. but they're speaking it with a very strong accent, and it's a little broken, too. Yeah, it was very broken. I had a hard time. I had to put the subtitles on. Great movie, though, but uh, they kind of, like, in, in Snatch, it was, becomes more clear. So the guy who was actually playing him is... Uh, Kingsley Ben-Adir, he's going to be playing Bob Marley, and he was mm -hmm. great. He played Malcolm X in uh, One Night in Miami, which was Regina King's directorial debut, and if you guys are a fan of that movie, right now, on sale in the Criterion Collection. Mm -hmm. That's a really good movie, actually, if you guys want to see it. It's a, it's, you know, it's a hangout movie. You know, it's about One Night in Miami, where Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. It's pretty much six place in like one room right not sammy damish too right sam cook i'm sorry and who was that and jim brown so these big prominent you know figures in the black community at the time mm -hmm. just sitting down and having a conversation so a with big other. civil rights movie movie yes um leaders yeah because people didn't realize for a long time you know the influence jim brown really had on the you know r.i.p mm-hmm Mm. Yeah, well, he had his demons too, so not oh, everybody yeah. is He perfect. lived a long life. He just died recently. Mm -hmm. Well, no, but he had... There's a lot of stuff. I'm no, not I get that. Right I, get, I know. Nobody's a perfect <laughs> No one's a perfect no, person. No, but th this movie, though, definitely check out One Night in Miami. But anyway, I think that's it for us, right? We got mm -hmm. nothing else. So, guys, make sure you're asking questions for next week's video. That's what we do here on I the mean, show. It doesn't have to be movie yeah, related. Yeah, you don't have to ask movie questions. I like the, I like the non-movie related questions because, again, he's the movie guy, mm. um, the show guy, girl. So, it's kind of like, yeah. you know, I feel left out sometimes. So, awesome. you know, questions just about life and whatever. Yeah, you gotta, this is the kind of show for You need that. advice about something. You think that we could help you with because... Bates going to school to be a social, so, yeah. Yeah, social worker. So, yeah. you know, like anything you guys want to ask us. It doesn't have to be movie related. It doesn't have to be physical media related. Just because the show is called Let's Talk Physical Media. And if we you can have topics, if yeah. you have certain different topics that you might want, might want us to do a show on rather than just movies or something like that, you can do it. So. Yeah, leave, those all, leave all that in the comment section below. And then while you guys are down there in that comment section below, don't forget to like this video. Get that out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to like this video subscribe to the channel and then of course get out in those streets and tell all your friends about us we'll be seeing you around